you just start and you figure it out and that's what we did and now we have a wholesale website and there's just there's so many things that you just figure out along the way you're listening to small-minded the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact small towns have a big heart and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Welcome back, listener, to another episode of Small Minded. Now, here at Small Minded, we like to celebrate everything that is small towns, right? And I think we have a match made in heaven in today's episode. I am so proud to welcome Marissa Hoffman of the Midwest Girl to today's episode of Small Minded. In our conversation today, we talk about pretty much everything. We talk about supper clubs. We talk about going to the river. We talk about remembering your roots and just what it means to live the Midwest lifestyle and what it means to be friendly, to welcome strangers, to be proud of your roots and where you came from. And all of that is evident in the products and the apparel that they make at the Midwest Girl. Now, these guys are just awesome. Marissa and her sister Mara are co-owners of the brand, and they have humble beginnings from operating a boutique in a trailer that they went to pop-up shops with to their first brick and mortar location to now their flagship store, if you will, over on Jackson Street in the Millwork District of Dubuque. They have taken strategic steps and strategic growth strategies throughout the years they've been in business. And I'm so proud of what they have today. So without further ado, we're going to get into today's episode with my friend Marissa of the Midwest Girl. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for being here on the podcast today. I am pumped to have you on today's episode for all of our listeners. Thanks for having me, Molly. Excited to be here. Uh, I So just last week at the time of this recording, it's late July, um, but just last week we had the Jones County Fair and I couldn't walk more than five steps in that fair without <laughs> seeing someone with a Midwest girl shirt or tumbler or hat. It was awesome. And I was just like, ah, I get to interview her next week for the podcast. I'm so excited to tell her that. Yeah. You know, I still like, I literally have goosebumps now with you telling me that it just, it never gets old hearing that. And, um, just even, you know, we will get messages from close friends that we had a friend that was in Nashville last week and they're at a bar and they saw Midwest girl koozie. I'm like, you know, it's just like, that's just still so surreal for us. Um, just given, I don't, yeah, given that we're from Little Hazel Green and this is kind of what it grew into. So it never, ever gets old hearing, hearing that feedback and seeing those photos that people send in. Oh, and I think it's a testament to like, you're growing something beyond like a retail storefront, like retail storefronts are so much work and we'll get into all that you guys had to do at Midwest Girl to get your retail storefront going. But I think that when you start hearing feedback about where people saw your brand or where they saw your merch. It's like, it's become this way of life or like the symbolic thing. And I think that just like is a testament to your brand strength and Mm -hmm. that it symbolizes so much to the people who wear it. 
Totally. And you know, it's just, it's a case where with any, anytime you're trying to develop or grow a brand, you have to start somewhere and, but you just have to stay so consistent and just really believe in the power of branding from day one. And it may not, you know, you might look back on what you did day one and cringe a little bit, but it was a start and it was the start of your foundation. And that, you know, what we did six years ago absolutely has brought us to, you know, our success today. Oh, I'm so excited to get into this, but I guess we should probably go back. Let's take the listeners to the beginning (laughs) or maybe not the beginning, but let's tell them a little bit. Can you share who you are and what your business is? And then we'll go from there. Yeah. So I'm Marissa Hoffman and I am co-owner, co-founder of the Midwest Girl. And the the other half of the co is uh, my sister, Mara, my older sister, Mara lives near Madison. So I get to do, um, we have different, definitely different business um, responsibilities. So I kind of, I don't want to say that in the face of the brand, but in a way I am because I run the retail store, run our team and just do all the social media and marketing. Mara does a lot of the product research and sourcing. So equally as important, but a lot of times people kind of just think of it as me, but there's definitely equal partnership between the two of us. So um, six years ago, we decided to start a little venture together, and um, it really starts a way, way long ago as out of college, and in college, I worked for my sister. She also owns a bridal shop near Madison, Wisconsin, and it just got to the point where I knew my life was going to be in Iowa, and we just were scheming. What can we do? And for the longest time, we were actually going to open another bridal shop in Dubuque, but just the investment and the retail hours behind it, we knew that wasn't totally the answer. So somehow one night we kind of schemed to come up with a traveling store. Um, We kind of saw them popping up on Pinterest, mostly on the coast. There really wasn't a lot of them in the Midwest. Certainly there was none in Wisconsin at the time. So we started started this whole thing out of a six by 12 travel trailer that we bought in Rickardsville, Iowa which is very close to, I believe, where you live, Molly. Yeah, shout out to Northern Dubuque County. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and our dad, our dad was so proud uh, to take us. Our dad is a, a blue-collar tradesman, so he was so proud that his girls were going to be starting this business out of a, a travel trailer that was like, a, you know, he collected travel trailers, it seemed. So we started, we called it the Midwest Girl from early on, and I think it was just... It was some another thing that we're like, there's nobody really doing Midwest girl. Like you just didn't see, just didn't see it. So we're like, you know, let's do that. Let's start with doing like these cute t-shirts and, you know, we'll put the state of Iowa, state of Wisconsin, and we'll sell other things too. So that's kind of how it started. We had a small sampling of t-shirts that featured the Midwest girl. And then we went to Chicago to Style Max and we purchased other inventory. So we had jeans and we had dresses and rompers and um, just a bunch of ready-to-wear items that kind of honestly just helped us be able to cash flow this because Mm -hmm. nobody knew what the Midwest girl was and we didn't know if we were going to sell enough t-shirts to make it work. But after that, that first summer, we did a lot of um, pop-up events and then it took us, um, that next year we decided, the whole idea was not to have a retail storefront, but we decided, you know what? we really want to make this a go, we need to have it be a little bit more permanent. So five years ago, we opened our first storefront on the Cable Car Square in Dubuque. And that's kind of where it really gave us this brand identity. And we were really able to showcase 
who we were, what we were trying to do, and just gave us the space to be able to start kind of figuring it out. And it, uh, you know, it, it's really cool just thinking back and how slow days were there. Um, we both, I still had a side job and, you know, obviously Mara had her other business, but I mean, there was days that would go by and not, no one would come in or people would come in and they'd be like, you know, oh, it's cute. You know, good luck. Um, what are you going to do in the winter? Like, I remember hating that question. So many people are like, so will you stay open in the winter? Well, yeah, I'm going to stay open in the winter. You know, it's just like, you got just these really hard and discouraging questions. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like begging, you know, I felt like begging people to, to buy a t-shirt just to give a little bit of confidence. And it just took, you know, showing up the consistency on social media, the consistency of opening the store, even when you knew, you know what, there's a really good chance that no one's even going to come in today, but we stayed open and just showed up month after month. And eventually, you know, you started to grow. And I just actually went back and looked at all of our numbers and there definitely was growth year after year, even though it didn't really feel like it when you were in those early years, but it really just comes down to being consistent and just showing up when you feel like this might not work. Oh my gosh. I can hear so much of the passion in your voice when you were talking about the early days. And I hear so many gold nuggets of advice for people who are in their own businesses right now today, because yes, you've got it like nail on the head. You had to look ahead at like, maybe not what's popular at this second, mm -hmm. what's going to be the next big thing. And how yes. can we get there? Like when you were yes. talking about doing your graphic tees, but also making sure that you had some things available that were ready to go just to cash flow because you knew Absolutely. those were going to be your standbys that would sell, but you also wanted to get awareness out about what's to come. And I think that was a big, yep. that's a huge kudos to you and Mara about looking at like this travel trailer thing, I think is going to be a hit. There's a really ready market here in the Midwest because we see market proof on the coasts, but it's just not here yet. It's new. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really great that you guys were able to look at what was popular, take some risks, but also make sure that you safeguarded some things with having those ready to wear items. And also you alluded to like, you know, you had a side job for a while too. Totally. And that sometimes I think gets glamorized a lot in today's social media about like, mm -hmm. just let everything go, just pursue your dreams. And I know that for a lot of people and myself included, like sometimes you just got to do stuff that's going to pay the bills and absolutely got to mm -hmm. make that all work. I remember having this conversation with my sister and well, because my side job was still working at the bridal shop. And um, I remember having this conversation out in the parking lot. And I think we were maybe year two in and she just, she looked at me, she's like, when are we ever going to make any money? You know? And it was just like, yeah, it's like we were working so hard and, um, one of her good friends just was like, Mara, you got to give it five years. And truly that, I mean, and sometimes that happens earlier for businesses and sometimes it never happens at all, but thankfully, yeah, it really kind of started happening around year four and, um, it just good things do not happen overnight. And it's just really just believing so hardly in what you're doing. I remember the elevator pitch after elevator pitch, I would give to people that walked in to our door and saying, you know, we're an original brand. I can kind of just, I don't really have to say it much anymore. I still do. And I'm so proud to still be able to say the elevator pitch because it is really cool what we've done, but I had to do that. I had to do that. I had to give people a reason to buy our t-shirt versus the t-shirt down the road. 
and why we were special. And, you know, there's no one else doing really what we're doing. And just, just holding on to that passion and just really believing like there's going to be a turning point. And gosh, I'm so grateful that we held on to it because what we have going on right now is, is pretty cool and it's pretty magical and the momentum is really exciting. Awesome. Well, take us to year four. So tell us a little bit about, like, I know you guys decided to pivot and take on a larger space. You decided to do a couple other things too. So why don't I, I'll let you tell. Yeah. You know, I think it's just too, and having, um, you know, having different strategies in place. So, you know, from the time that we had our actual storefront, we had a website, so it was very slow. It's not like there was even a sale a day on that website, but we had a website in place. We had, um, you know, we had obviously our storefront, we had our social media platforms, everything was in place. So it's having those early strategies that you're able to grow on and capitalize on and, and truly, you know, kind of like the turning moment was for us, the pandemic, because we had our e-commerce platform already um, in place. We had a wholesale division of our website, our wholesale division of our business in place. And the kind of the biggest thing that we had on our website was this local pickup option. And I don't even know why we ended up ever doing that option. But when that pandemic hit, customers, our original, our, our already established customers knew how to shop our website when we were forced to shut down. They knew how to show up for us. They knew how to give us their support and how to do it safely and conveniently from their home. So, you know, those strategies that we had in place really paid off and really helped us grow in a year that we thought growth was, you know, impossible. I think that was about the time that I came. Not that I didn't know of you guys. I'd heard you, but like, I remember that rainbow print that you guys made. And I Mm -hmm. believe that was like early in the pandemic, but like I got a couple pieces and then I started seeing it everywhere. And then you have that brand recognition. And I think that's what helped take off. Like you said, in the early pandemic, people were supporting, but then it became something bigger. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was just vulnerability that first day. I remember, you know, we had a, I think the fourth shutdown was on a Tuesday I remember putting this post out on the Sunday before, and it was just like, you know, we're going into this time of so much unknown. And I, you know, we asked for help. And as a small business owner and as an entrepreneur, I feel like the day that you stop asking for help or seeking out support and other options is the day that, you know, you no longer are the it factor, you know? So I had no, um, and I think I got that um, just learning that from other mentors that I followed to never be afraid to ask for help. And, you know, I think putting that vulnerability out there, people are like, this is a small business. This is a family brand. There's actually real life people behind the scenes that I love and I want to support. And I want to see the shop be open when the the pandemic is over. So I think just being able to put that out there, people, people responded and, you know, I, and I continued to share, you know, not just on that first day, but what it felt like to be um, being closed during a pandemic and just the stress and everything that kind of came along with it. And people, Um, people really were able to identify with that. And just, I think it kind of gave them a sneak peek into, you know, what small businesses are feeling like, and just kind of capitalized on that moment of knowing and recognizing how important small businesses are in our community. Oh, that's so good. And I wanted to touch on that at some point in the interview. I didn't know where it would fall in, but yes, the way you show up on social media is so endearing. And it's just so honest and authentic. And you talk about like 
I love when you share like the old grainy photos that we all have in our homes and in shoe boxes. And you talk about like how much of the family aspect has become part of your designs and what you offer at the Midwest girl. And I love that when I order online, I get a couple pieces of licorice in there because <laughs> that ties yeah. into your story. Yeah. And I love that you are able to show up authentically because that's what people are connecting with. It's not just the logo, the Midwest girl, it's the lifestyle. And you guys are so good at sharing that in an authentic way. Thank you. Yeah. And I think too, that was, that was part of the whole plan too. It's not just about selling t-shirts at this price. It's about sharing the stories and hoping that there was enough people that could also, you know, just feel relatable to those stories. You know what? I, I remember we went up to the cabin um, when we were little kids too. And I, I have that same memory of jumping off the dock with my cousins and, you know, those type of things. That's what we hope people would recognize in our t-shirts and feel when they put on our apparel versus just pick up a t-shirt and seeing the logo and seeing uh, it's 28 bucks. No, we wanted there to be a story tied to each and every item. And that way people just felt like they were just buying something a little bit more than just an everyday t-shirt. They were buying into something. They're buying into this brand, buying into this, um, these two sisters that had this dream of starting something and just being a part of something, like you said earlier, Molly, just being a part of something bigger than just what we sell in our store. Oh yeah. And I think about your designs and like the meet me at the lake or meet me at the river. And that is like, that is a Midwest mindset. It's like, I've worked hard all week long and I'm going to reward <laughs> myself by like getting on the boat. And like, this just takes me back. Like we would go to Midtown Marina in East Dubuque. We'd get on the boat and we would just go for the afternoon on the Mississippi. And so when I see that meet me on the river shirt in your store, I'm like, that takes me back to when I was 21 years old without a care in the world, but I had a Malibu pineapple in my hand on the Mississippi <laughs> river. And it was awesome. But so many of your designs do that. You have the Midwest daughter line. You have the, um, the supper club line, the Midwest meat. I, I just think every piece of what you guys have in store really tells what it is to live Midwest and just our attitude, our lifestyle and what's important. And I think you guys do a great job of that. So how do you guys get those design inspirations? And then what do you do to take it from idea to like concept to product? Yeah, you know, it's definitely evolved a lot. It's now where we're at, it's, we're able to outsource things too. I mean, all the ideas are still Mara and I's, but now we're in this position where we can outsource different things and we pitch ideas to, we have a local design company here in the Miller district that we work with. And so grateful that we're, you know, that we're at, uh, that we're at that level. You know, Mara and I are not, Mara, Mara actually went to school for interior design. She has a design background, not graphic design. And let's face it, if you didn't, you know, go to, neither of us majored in graphic design. So it's like, we know none of those programs. It's just literally like we scratch things on a piece of paper and shoot it over to somebody that actually knows the programs and knows how to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you know, what we've really have kind of learned, it's like, I felt like we were always trying to like come up with something like so unique and so original and not that our, it is, but it's just, people love the word Midwest girl. And so it's just really kind of doing variations of that and colors and just listening to kind of the trends and seeing what colors and what seasons and different um, and different apparel and kind of just playing off of one thing and putting it on multiple things, um, but just doing it with so much quality and inconsistency and 
you know, and there's so much the branding behind it, you know, the imagery and all of that, but it's, it's not about reinventing the wheel every time. You know, obviously you have to do that in your business, of course, but it's just putting out a really good quality design and thinking, okay, what else could we put this on and changing up colors and all of that. It doesn't have to be this. You don't have to be, um, just launch after launch your, after yeah, launch. Right. Absolutely. And so that's kind of what we've definitely have learned over the last few years. And it's helped, especially in the last year doing these bigger launches of, you know, maybe there's 12 pieces. I mean, never would we have dreamed of launching 12 pieces in a collection that we, you know, five years ago, but that's what people get excited about. And so you just learn, you evolve, you see what you really just listen to your customers, look at your numbers, what's selling. And most of the time, simple is what's selling. People just love the words Midwest girl, and they love the meaning behind it. And they love the story behind it. So that's what we really just try to just try to remember as we go into new seasons and just really making sure that that is front and center. And how can we just give it a little bit of variation so people are still excited about wearing it. And I think I love your, um, your little bit that you said about like, maybe just changing up the color or Mm -hmm. like keeping it simple. I think that's really cool. And I know that like this summer, you guys had Midwest girl line. It was a lot of reds, white, and blues. And I mean, that goes seasonally. And then I would assume like, are you guys thinking like fall, maybe just shifting the color options? Totally. Um, so actually we're working on right now, we're hoping to finalize today, our Midwesty rebrand. So it's not anything like crazy rebrand, but we kind of just change the, change the textures up a little bit and just start throwing in a few new little things to it. But we're, we looked at what was the big seller last holiday season and it was Midwesty. And so we're like, okay, well, that's where we really need to kind of put our put our brain power into this season. And so we're really excited. The colors are gorgeous. And the gorgeous is like the right word to say when I'm talking about like Midwesty, but they are, they're just, they're rich, they're fall. And they're just some different apparel items that we haven't offered either. So I think that'll be really fun for people. And then, so that'll be Midwesty. And then we'll also do, just because there are different umbrellas of the Midwest girl. So Midwesty is its own brand within our company, but it's something that like I said, you know, looking at the numbers, we're like, we sell a lot of just Midwesty. We sell a lot of Midwest girl, but we sell a lot of Midwesty. And so we definitely wanted to put a little bit more into Midwesty going into like our busiest quarter and definitely giving it more of a moment in our store. So we're also going to be kind of switching around the shop a little bit and giving Midwesty a bigger moment in the shop. Um, and then Midwest girl, yes, we, you know, one of our logos we're going to use and just, we're going to kind of change that to being still red, white, and blue, but it's a little bit more of a wintry red, white, and blue. It's just a little bit more, kind of more gemmy, kind of more gemmy tones. And we're excited about that too. So, you know, it's, it's definitely um, challenging. There's a lot of work that goes into these bigger launches now, but the amount of work definitely pays off. That way you feel like you can almost breathe a little bit versus like scraping up. Okay. We have to come up with something new, like every, so, you know, every few weeks it's like, nope, we did this big launch and this is going to carry us through. Uh, and I think that is a testament to like getting wiser and more mature as a brand mm-hmm. or a business owner, totally. because you do at the beginning, you get an, I, well, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I know this is how I operated the first few years. Like I'd get an idea, I'd figure out how to implement it and I'd launch it a week later. And it oh. might not, it never is perfect, but like, it was definitely far from perfect, but I just was so excited about the idea and it was just me and I could do it quickly. And so I did, 
But I think as you get wiser and as you get more experienced and seasoned, you can go back, like you said, and look at your numbers and say, this sold well. So instead of like, what's this whole new thing that I can invent and try to market, how do I look at what's already working and figure out how to make it work even better? Because I know a lot of business owners, like they're constantly looking for holes and things that they can do to build up those holes when really you should look at what's working and how can we make that work even better? Just like you were talking about with looking at the numbers of what's selling best before holiday. So I think that's great. Yes. And we've, and it gives us just a lot of confidence going into the holiday and like, okay, we invested a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of resources into this launch, but you know, we kept it simple again, because we're like, that's what's selling. And we really looked at, you know, what garments people have liked in the shop over the last year and just amplified that. And also, you know, we have, which I'm sure we'll get into, but we have our wholesale division. So it's also really listening to our wholesalers and what's selling well in Dubuque, but what else is selling in all of the other stores across the Midwest that carry our brand. So it's really just, like you said, just getting wiser and just working smarter, not harder, and just really having confidence in what you've already built. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Take us. Okay. So we did kind of let us like, just go as the conversation does. I love that, but we did jump right into some of the things that I had planned for later, but we skipped over the fact that you guys opened up a new retail storefront in 2020 in the Millwork district. So that was a huge move for you guys. And then like you were alluding to, you have wholesalers throughout the state and throughout the Midwest. So do you want to, you can start with either of those, but do you want to tell us a little bit about those parts of the business too? Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the retail storefront. So we were on um, 4th Street in the Cable Car Square and it was, you know, the summer. So I have a two and a half year old Nellie at home and she came to work with me for the first, I did, I was able to take three months off. But she came to work with me for the next three, I want to say, but it was during those three months that I just like, I've loved my space, but I think we, it's just like being in a house or whatever. You just like, I didn't really look forward to going there anymore. I just, I felt like something's missing. Like I felt like I couldn't be creative. It was really hard for me to work there. I think it was just because I felt so like we were out of room. We were just, I don't know, something just wasn't there. I felt like um, we could do something more. And sometimes I felt guilty saying that, but I'm like, no, you know, I think I just, I knew that we could do more if we had the right space. And so it was that fall that Mara and I started looking for spaces. Actually, it was just one day. We looked at three different spaces in Dubuque. Um, We knew we wanted to stay downtown. So we looked at one on Main, one on Iowa Street, and then the Millwork District. We didn't even have to walk into the space. We saw the green doors. There were pine green doors. And we're like, this is it, you know? And so this space, um, is well now we actually have we at first started with one part of the space and now we have both parts so now we have over 2,000 square footage dedicated to retail our shipping and wholesale storage um kind of like a mini warehouse I guess is part of it but this space just really has amplified what we are just the character of the building you know just obviously we have the exposed brick all of the wood that's in the shop is either from Wisconsin or Iowa, which is so cool. Our dad's buck is still hanging on the wall. So different things that we always had at our other shop, but with modern amenities, we have central air, we have a new bathroom, just different things that I just, I guess, I think I was kind of craving. I was craving something just a little, um, still casual, but a little bit more upscale, I guess, is kind of what is a good way of describing our shop. You walk in and it's absolutely casual. 
but it's super nice. And that's what I love about it. It's super comfortable to come to work now, just like anytime you would upgrade a home, you know, we wanted to upgrade our shop and that's what it gave us. And now, especially during the pandemic, it's so wide open. And so people had the space to be able to shop safely. And it just, there's little moments kind of, kind of popped in throughout the whole shop. So I just love that people can really kind of soak it in and not feel rushed. I feel like at our other store, it was so little. So it was kind of like in and out because then, it, you know, it just, there wasn't really anywhere else to go. And here it's not really the case. So this space has been a dream. Absolutely. I can't wait to continue to just enhance it more. And who knows, maybe we'll buy the building one day. That's definitely kind of in the, in the back of our minds. So with that, we were growing wholesale. So that was kind of part of the other reason too, is that we were running out of storage, mm -hmm. running out of efficient storage. And um, so that was another big reason why we needed to move. But we uh, started wholesaling, I want to say in 2019 or 20, 2018, I can't totally remember. But what ended up happening is Jamie Gavel, who owns Rendered Unique and Decora, Love was her. on a family vacation and um, she's on a family vacation in Dubuque and she walked into our shop and she's just kind of told me her dream. She's like, I want to open a weekend pop-up shop in Decora and I would love to sell your t-shirts. Will you wholesale for me? And that was kind of the push we needed. So we started with Jamie. And it just kind of grew from there. And now what I love about Jamie is she's no longer, she was able to quit her nine to five corporate job. And now she's totally doing the Rendered Unique as her full-time career. And she's successful and profitable and doing amazing. So just having that relationship now with her and so many, you know, weekly, it seems like we're picking up new retailers, which is super exciting. It's part of our business that is absolutely developing and a part of our business that I feel like kind of gets almost in a sense pushed to the back burner because it's like, it's not always forefront um, of our minds. So I'm hopeful within this next year, we can really maybe have a dedicated person that's running our wholesale and just really growing it. There's so much potential for it. Um, and I love the wholesale part. I love being able to connect with other small business owners across the Midwest. And just, um, it's just really exciting and humbling that there are other businesses that believe in our product enough that they want to buy into us and sell it to their customers. Oh, and I think it's just like, it's creating this network of, like you said, businesses supporting businesses. And I think about Jamie in particular and how she's like, she is uplifting so many women-owned businesses, including yours. And it's just so fun to see the connections that can come from that. And a lot of times, like you said, with her approaching you with this idea, a lot of times the best ideas for business growth might not start in your own head. Like mm -hmm. there's just like something that somebody mentions or an opportunity that presents itself. And you're like, that's it. That's how, that's where I need to go. And it's these little moments, but you have to take risks and say, all right, I'm going to pursue that and try it out. And now, like you said, you've got a real growing section of your business. That's like a whole other income stream, but it's helping you really grow the brand and create a very stable foundation for your overall business to grow. Yes. And, you know, I think the hesitation with starting wholesale is just, we had no idea what we were doing. So, and I think that's with so many different avenues of your business, you don't know what you're doing. So you're so scared to start, but you just start and you figure it out. And that's what we did. And now we have a wholesale website and there's just, there's so many things that you just figure out along the way. And then when you start making more money, it's like, okay, well, now I have the money to put towards this and I can have this now, you know, it's just, it takes time. You just have to figure out how am I going to start it today? And, you know, whether that's paper invoices or whatever, whatever it is, just start it 
And thankfully that's what we did with Jamie. And um, it's, it's definitely paid off and having that other income stream has, I mean, that, you know, is a huge reason why we can be in the space that we're in, why mm -hmm. I'm able to hire more employees. I mean, there's just having that secondary revenue has just been incredible for our business. Oh, yeah. And you're so smart to say like, you just grow it piece by piece. You mm -hmm. start somewhere and then you make changes or you upgrade a little bit at a time, but it takes time. It can't be yes. perfect straight out the gate. I love that you brought that up. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask another question. We're getting close on time, but I think this question kind of brings it all back together and a big part of your business. And I know it's hanging on the wall at your shop is this motto of remember your roots. And I know it's apparent in some of your designs. It's just such a beautiful motto to drive everything and like build the business around. So what does remember your roots mean to you? And then do you have like a story or something that is quintessentially Midwesty that you want to share with us today? Yeah. Um, it all goes back to how we were raised, but I mean, truly our dad, I mean, that was just what he said to us kids. It was just ingrained to us. Like you don't forget where you came from. You're from Hazel Green and be proud of that. You know, you're from a town of 1200 people and we're a working family and this is who we are and you'd be proud of being a dressler and that yeah, that's my maiden name but he did always say that remember your roots line I mean that's not something made up that is what he said and you know it goes back to and this is something that I tell my employees and what I ingrained in them like we go out of our way for every single customer and that was something that um you know I, if I think back of all the different lessons and things that our parents try to teach us it was you know, you go out of your way to say hi to, you know, your, your aunt, or you go out of your way to say hi to that, to that neighbor. And, you know, and, and those are things that we did as kids, because those were the things that were so important to our parents. They wanted to raise kind and um, appreciative children. And for them, the best compliment was when someone would come up to them and just say, you know, it was so nice that, you know, Marissa and Mara, they came out of their way to say hi to me when they saw me at the ball game, you know, those kind of things, that's our parents, they wanted us to do well in the school. They loved it when we did well in sports, but they, above all else, they wanted us to be kind, hardworking individuals. And that is just where that whole phrase comes from. And that's what's so important when, and I think, you know, if you read our reviews, that's what people feel when they come into our store. And, you know, my employees, they have that mindset too, is that people get treated like family when they walk in the store, because that's how we were raised, is that you treat people how you want to be treated. I know that's so cliche, but it was so true in the Dressler household and how our parents raised us four children. And so that remember your roots saying, it's just, you know, I think and just when you're, you brought it up again today, Molly, it's just really thinking back. It's like, you know what? We came from a town of 1200 people and I loved it. I loved growing up in Hazel Green. And it's just a, a testament that you can really do any dream that you want and you can be successful anywhere you want. But I think so much it's like, and, you know, I think going to a small high school, it's like you felt like you had to go to this big college, you know, that is so like so far from the truth, you know, it's, you can be, and that's what I love about Dubuque. I love having a, a store here is that just the community aspect. There's not this crazy amount of competition in our, in our community because we all want to do well. So it's like, you just all support each other. And, you know, it's compared to being in a bigger city where you know, no one would even know your name. It's like, there's just so much beauty and so much um, to not be understated in, in having your business be in your hometown or close to your hometown. 
And it's something that we're so proud of. And I think our community is so proud of us, you know, and which that's what really at the end of the day, we're doing it for that. We're doing it for, our, you know, our family and our community to be so proud of saying the Midwest girl, you know, they're from Hazel Green and they have, you know, their stories in our, in our town of Dubuque. And that's what's, that's what you want. You want to represent yourselves in your business so well that people just talk so highly of you. And um, you just want to be remembered that way. You want to um, leave a legacy. Oh my gosh. That made me tear up and I'm not like being <laughs> facetious. It really did. When you were talking about like making your parents proud by saying hi and stuff, I'm like, that is so true. Cause like, take it back to the fair example, like, and to also in, impart myself in your story, you know, I got to do that as the host, but um, yeah. yeah, like our son last week, like he did a great job, but the things that made me the most proud were when people would come up and they'd say, Hey, you know, I saw him talking to the kids after the show and shaking their hand and congratulating them for a job well done. And I'm like, that's so much more important than winning um, a ribbon. Like, and I think that is exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about being Midwesty. It's like that being nice, like doing something that's going to make other people proud and supporting others and lifting up your community, no matter the size. And like, I know that like, this sounds dumb, but like, I am proud to wear your merch. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I am so proud when I can wear the Midwest girl stuff. And it's like, you're doing big things and you're representing us small towns. It's really cool. Thank you. You know, it's just those moments and just kind of what you're saying it, like I can think back to several moments in our, um, so far in business where, you know, maybe I don't want to say been laughed at, but there was one conversation with, uh, a woman, not at all from this area that just kind of thought, really, you're going to try and grow that, that brand. And it just like, I just, I will never forget that moment and how she, she did make me feel in that moment because I was so early on in my business, but now looking back, I'm like, Mm-mm, like you're being a stinker, you know, like, you, you were trying to, you were trying to unravel something that you knew deep down was really special. So it's just remembering, you know, just remembering your core. And that's the thing. When you walk into our store now, it's like, no, we truly are two small town Wisconsin girls that just, we, we bootstrapped this, you know, we, we took out a loan and we started small and we made it affordable and we worked side jobs and we just, hustle, I know is a cliche, but we did, you know, we continued to just hustle and, and grow as we went and, you know, never took on more debt than we, than we could. It's just like, you had what you had and you made it work in the time of your business that you were in. And it's just really just staying true to who you are. Oh, Marissa, I could talk to you um, (laughs) for like a million more minutes, but I know that we are out of time. So I want you to please tell everybody where they can find you online. And then we'll enter what is called the small talk round. And I basically just rattle off questions at the top of my head without giving you any heads up. So we are on Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram is definitely more my favorite platform, but Instagram is at shop the Midwest girl and Facebook is just the Midwest girl. So we definitely do a lot of, uh, you know, we link all of our products on both of our social media platforms, but just I'll share some fun family things on our stories and, and just, uh, yeah, we have, a we have a lot of fun on social media. So definitely give us a follow on there and then you'll be able to get to our website and see where our shop is in Dubuque. Awesome. Yeah. Because we want to make sure everybody's watching for the fall merch that's coming out for your totally. holiday and stuff, new baby and your new baby is going to be coming. Yeah. So, so many fun things to keep an eye out for with the Midwest girl. 
Okay, so getting into the small talk round, I'm just going to give you five questions. We'll go one at a time. And these are literally just questions that I am interested in. Okay. Question number one, if you go to a supper club for dinner on a Friday night, what is your order? Um, being pregnant. So there's probably two different. So being pregnant, I would definitely go for a really nice uh, six or eight ounce um, tenderloin with baked potato and sour cream. <laughs> Not pregnant. I would definitely go for the fish fry. Ooh, yum. I love Friday fish fries. All right. Question number two, what was your first job? First job, I bus tables at Fried Green Tomatoes, uh, downtown Galena. And if, listener, if you are close to Galena, you got to make it a trip to get there, eat at Fried Green Tomatoes. It's so good. Best Italian food. Oh, totally. All right. Question number three, is there like a book or a podcast that you could give listeners that helped you through either a period of business or personal growth? And you say, okay, I want everybody to go after this podcast or this book. Um, well, of course, I love your podcast, Molly. Um, I think it's super <laughs> real and relatable, which I love. One that has really been good for me in this last year is the Boutique Hub podcast, Ashley Alderson. She's also a Midwest girl, which I love, but mm -hmm. she just, um, she has really great advice on there. And I think it can be used for retail and beyond. Um, I know my sister also really likes it for her bridal shop but she just has really good um, bits of advice on how to grow your business. And they have really good guests too that are impactful. Oh, great suggestion. I love that. Okay. Question number four, summer is winding down and your pregnancy is getting into the final stages. What is something in the next few weeks that you're really looking forward to? We are going to go to Sheboygan with our little Nellie and do kind of one last, I guess it's kind of baby moon, but we're taking Nellie with us and just really going to soak up another little time away with our, with our rainbow baby and just really soak up the family time of three before baby comes in September. So really looking forward to that. Oh, awesome. The baby's coming in September. Oh my gosh. Yes. I thought you were later in the fall than that. That's going to be here in no time. Oh I know gosh. seven weeks, seven weeks to be exact. Oh, wow. Okay. Last question of our small talk round. What is your favorite piece in your Midwest girl shop right now? Favorite piece in the Midwest Girl Shop right now, I would say is probably, um, no one, obviously it's not a, a video, but um, I'm wearing our Jackson Street Muscle Tee, which I think is now sold out, unfortunately, but we do this in the t-shirt version. Um, and part of the reason I love it is because it says, remember your roots on it. We will make sure to link to that product in particular when we release the episode in the show notes so that everybody can go check it out and buy it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Marissa, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. I feel like you shared so many great pieces of knowledge about business and growth and taking risks, but also talking about the importance of sticking to your values and your original roots when you start something, whether it's a business or an organization or just a new season of life. I think all of this can be applied to that. So thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Molly. And just uh, kudos to you. I admire everything that you post. I definitely use so much of your insight um, in our own business and definitely encourage any small business owners to do the same. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.